0: Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around following rules and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. All right, Brian Fulmer, welcome to Career Crashers. Uh, first, since I don't know how to best introduce you, how would you introduce yourself?
1: All right, good question. Uh so right now I'm uh, founder and CEO of a company called First Look. Uh, For building that, uh, worked in consumer venture capital, and then corporate retail, and then uh, had another previous startup that I worked on after school. So kind of a fun career, but yeah, now I'm in New York City, just trying to trying to build a company.
0: So I'd love to get into a little bit more about your current company and, and how you found it. But I, I want to go back earlier in your career. Um, you know, you said you mentioned uh, venture capital and you know, sort of some other things in the startup world. How did you get into that in the first place? Go take me back to sort of your first career job coming out of college or wherever it was. How did you get started?
1: so the first job was uh at a startup accelerator in cleveland called bizdom uh, so they invested in technology companies um, it was part of dan gilbert's uh i guess suite of companies that he has so their main office was in detroit but this was a smaller office in cleveland and uh yeah i knew they were probably they were expanding and probably looking for help uh so i emailed them got nothing back uh shot another email, uh, and this was like to the general info uh, email they had set up. Nothing back, so then I finally looped in the office manager, kind of a little looking around. Uh, I can't remember if I guessed her email, or if she had it listed somewhere, but yeah, emailed her, finally got a response, and then got on a call or two, and then they're like, all right, let's, yeah, come on in. We'll have you start uh, next week.
0: You sound like uh, maybe you have a Midwest accent. Are you from the Midwest?
1: Yeah, from Cleveland.
0: Okay, I thought so. I, cause I'm from Michigan, so I can detect that you know familiar familiar accent. <laughs> nice. Um, how did you even so so with the accelerator? Most people, and I certainly didn't, who are like you know in college or coming out of college don't know what what an accelerator is or aren't familiar with kind of the startup ecosystem. How did you hear about that? What made that an attractive job to you that that made you want to go and do this cold email?
1: So um, I was actually doing my first year of law school and uh, yeah, I always wanted to get my JD just because it opens a lot of doors, but uh, I also really love startups. Uh, So decided to um, um, yeah, try to work on an accelerator in between first year and second year. Uh, so that's why I needed the internship. So that's why I emailed them and tried to get their attention, finally did. Uh, and yeah, I mean, accelerators are great spots. It really just, once you start going down the rabbit hole of what a startup can do to get going, you can learn about accelerators and kind of what they offer. So I wanted to be back in Cleveland that summer, and that was one of the only accelerators in town. So I only had a few choices and went with them and yeah, I ended up working out.
0: You know, sometimes, uh, I don't know if you agree, but I I feel like sometimes there are advantages early in your career of being in a smaller market. Like if you would have cold emailed an accelerator in New York tech stars or something, uh, it might've been a lot harder, but to go to an accelerator in Cleveland and to show that persistence, you know, that, that, that can often give you a, an easier place to get your foot. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a small accelerator. So anytime you're emailing a small company, they don't have a dedicated staff to hiring. It's usually the office manager who's stretching to figure it out. So it's a lot easier to have those conversations because they're looking for a quick answer or at least a, you know, solution and they're not trying to waste too, not waste, but use too much time on it. So if you just present it in a way where like, on what you're looking for, uh, I think it really upstirs odds of you know eventually landing the job.
0: Yeah. So, so you spent your summer, you did your internship the accelerator. Um, what happened next? Did you did you go back to law school, and were you did, did that sort of change your trajectory at all, or was it kind of like, okay, now I've gotten this experience being exposed to startups. Um, you know, now I know what I want to do in, in the next phase. Like, what what came after that?
1: So while I was there, uh, you know, got to sit in on the meetings where we'd figure out which startups are fit and which ones weren't. So I submitted an idea that I had kind of actually thought of while in the first year of law school and, uh, yeah, kind of knew what to expect from, you know, review standpoint and pitched them the idea. They liked it. So either could have gone back to law school or gone through the accelerator program, uh, kind of like I said earlier, you know, I wanted a JD, but more so to open up doors because I did not really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. But with this, I was like, well, this is pretty much what I want to do with my life or at least more so than law school. So it was tough to walk away. Uh, Cause I was having a good time there, but at the same time, you got to follow your passion.
0: Yeah. You know, that's, that's such a great moment. And I've seen a lot of people come to that moment where, you know, they pursued a particular path, law school or graduate school, or even just college for the express purpose of doing something and then an opportunity comes along to do that very thing early and sometimes it's a hard moment because especially if you're a competitive person or if your parents are really proud of you for for you know doing school or whatever you can feel like you're quitting but really it's like no you're short-circuiting your path to that goal that was your ultimate goal to begin with and it can be easy to kind of to kind of mistake the the process that you chose as the end itself. Um, and so that's a, that's a big moment to say, this is what I want to do anyway. Let's go all in on this, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I figured law school is always going to be there if I wanted to go back. Uh, but opportunity like this, I've always tried to take the path less traveled and I've seen a lot of people when you get out of college, especially business school, it's like, you know, getting shot out of a cannon where you try to get these jobs that, uh, you know, these fast track programs at these big, uh, corporations that, you know, give you the ability to kind of move up a lot quicker. Um, but not to say that those are obviously awesome routes and you can have great careers that way, but I always want to do something a little bit different than that. Uh, and I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room by any means. So, you know, I figured doing something totally different, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? All you have is a cool story and you learn a ton along the way that I think a lot of people can't always say they, you know, picked up.
0: Yeah, I I love that uh this is actually a good hack for people if they are really interested in in startups and maybe want to start one working in an accelerator or this could be the case in a VC firm. Um even at an intern level, you often do get to sit in a lot of meetings and you get to understand the way that investments are evaluated. So I love that you kind of saw that and you knew Okay, if I want to pitch a startup, I know what it's going to take in order to get, you know, to get funded or to get accepted into this accelerator. Um, so, what was that first startup? What did you, uh, what did you do? What did you go through the accelerator with? So the company
1: is called BackerBar. It was BackerBar dot com, uh, and it was a site where. So you know, um, what school did you go to? You Western idea? Michigan. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think in New York city, there might be one Western Michigan bar, but obviously with bigger schools, there's bars around the U S that are dedicated to certain teams. Uh, Cleveland actually has a big Becker bar, uh, group, but, um, yeah, there wasn't really a site that was like a one-stop shop for finding these bars, knowing what they're doing. What are the game day specials? So we tried to create a site that, uh, brought together, you know, the bar goers the alumni groups and fan clubs that were in different regions. And alumni groups were really, it was a really fragmented industry where all the different alumni groups weren't really talking to each other as far as, you know, the Boston, the New York, the DC. Uh, And then there was the bar owners themselves, giving them a platform and opportunity to share what their, you know, their specials are for that day. Built it. This was before like Wix and Squarespace and those like sites that you actually could just piece it together relatively quick. So (laughs) Um yeah, I had to hire a developer and it was a great experience, uh, but it was just good to be in that office to learn as much as you could from other founders who know way more than you do. I mean, I was just like fresh out of college, basically. Like I didn't know anything.
0: Man, that, that's actually a really valuable, I don't know if it's a, you know, if there's a, a whole business there, but as a service for for some some kind of entity, which I still haven't seen because I used to travel a lot. My, before I started a company and I was in all these other cities and often I'd be there on a Sunday or a Monday night and I'm a Detroit Lions fan and I wanted to watch the Lions and I could, oh, yeah. I could you know I couldn't watch it in my hotel unless I happen to be unless it happened to be nationally televised and the Lions never are if you're a Browns fan you can probably relate <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, and so I would often look for a sports bar but you just kind of have to hope that they're playing the Lions and like Every yeah. once in a while, I would find a place that was like either, you know, uh, for the city of the team the Lions were playing against, it would be like, you know, if they were playing the Bears that week, it'd be a Chicago-based fan base. Or occasionally, like in Arizona, there's a couple Detroit, you know, sports bars. And uh, oh, yeah, oh,
1: yeah those, all that,
0: that's a cool idea.
1: Yeah, they're all over.
0: So when that, you know, when, when you had that startup, and I mean, I'm assuming because you're not working there now that... At some point it ended, you folded it up. Um, what was the next step?
1: So the next step was to jump into that fast stream that I was mentioning earlier. I was like, all right, give it a whirl. Now I'm two years outside of school. Let's get back into that business groove just to like get some experience on your belt. Because When you miss that window right after you graduate for those accelerated programs, uh, yeah, it's just a tougher sell. For getting that, getting into that program because they want someone who's fresh. I mean, just walked out of, you know, their business school, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, fortunately, had my old babysitter was working at uh, Abercrombie's uh, corporate offices in Columbus, uh, and yeah, I was like, then you could put a good word in for me, and she put in a referral, uh, interviewed for their accelerated or leadership development program and got lucky and landed there. Uh, it was kind of the next chapter in my life.
0: So you were working in corporate retail and then how did you eventually get back into uh you said you worked for a VC firm then, is that right?
1: Yeah. So was in corporate retail, transferred out to New York city. Was working on here. And then uh, while I was working, Started building just like a simple website for, simple e-commerce site, uh, just to get, you know, a feel for e-commerce. Obviously, it's been growing and growing. Uh, and then applied to, uh, yeah, what was an accelerator here in the city that focused on retail tech and consumer goods. Uh, just, you know, again, small office. The person who's doing it is usually the chief of operations, who has a ton of things going on. So you can usually get to those people if you're persistent because they have, you know, they're taking applications on AngelList, but a lot of times, you know, they're not looking at AngelList all the time. Sometimes they'll go a whole month or two, where they won't look at it and they have all these applications stacked up. If you just email the office, you know, whoever's head of the office, boom, you just, it just expedites the process.
0: The number of times people have told me, well, I, I haven't heard anything back from that job. And I said, well, what did you send them? Well, I applied through AngelList or through Indeed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. did you also email the hiring manager directly? Well, no, I already filled out the application. I'm like, no, you gotta go directly, establish that line of communication. Yeah, exactly. So, so this was your second startup. Um, what what was it called? Well, I was
1: just working there. I was working in business development. And, oh, got uh, it, got it. Okay, yeah. So just started working there uh, again back in the accelerator meeting a bunch of founders in these different meetings that got, you know, they were kind enough to obviously pull me into that I was probably junior too junior for it. Uh, and that's kind of where, yeah, it took off from there.
0: What was the, you said you started working on an e-commerce website. Was that just kind of like on the side trying to learn stuff?
1: Yeah. It was just a simple site on the side, uh, where if I made a few, you know, a few bucks a month just to buy some extra concert tickets, that was fine with me. It was really just to kind of, I don't know, you know, just scratch that itch of building something on your own, and obviously, always having you know side income or supplemental income just makes things a little bit easier along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I want to know about your current company. Uh, tell me about it. What what what's the elevator pitch and what's the genesis? When did you start that? Started
1: working on this in October of last year. And the company's called First Look. It's a subscription box full of emerging consumer brands for early stage investors. So the best way a lot of people describe it is a Shark Tank in a box. And uh, yeah, I was working on it for quite a few months. Uh, finally flipped the lights on for the website and for our social media uh, in March. It was actually the week of Corona.
0: Oh, man. Was,
1: yeah, it was launched on Tuesday, March 10th. And, uh, by that Thursday, Corona madness was just taking over.
0: It's one of those things when you do your, uh, your SWOT analysis, right. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, you, you know, you don't really think about a, uh, <laughs> worldwide virus pandemic scare that shuts down the whole e- <laughs> economy. So was yeah. that, was that a, uh, I mean, did that throw you off quite a bit? I mean, you know, it sucked the air, the
1: room out, of, or the air out of the room where everybody's eyeballs run Corona. Um, so that was a little difficult at first, just to like even have an ordinary post get any sort of traction. Like if it wasn't Corona, it wasn't getting picked up at all. Um, but yeah, I kept kept working at it. Was disappointed at first, but then it ended up kind of being a blessing in disguise, where you know, with social distancing being more of a factor now, it's really cut into, you know, these serendipitous interactions or connections that investors and founders make at different networking events or different conferences or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I saw an opportunity where I was like, we could be a nice bridge to keep that going. Uh, but this was like, you know, Chrome was like crushing everyone. I mean, that was just, what a, what a time to be alive. And, uh, You didn't want to use any sort of marketing that took advantage of what Corona was doing and the pandemic was doing to everyone.
0: Uh,
1: But then after about three or four weeks, all of a sudden, it just kind of brand started, you know, using Corona and selling whatever they're selling. Obviously, most of the time it was to help people, whether it was masks or cleaning products. Uh, So then I kind of slowly mixed it a little bit into our marketing, but not really that much, to be honest with you. I haven't really done too much marketing uh, so that's kind of how Corona has played a role. I mean, I don't know what things would have been like had it never happened, but so far we're on schedule for everything, which is, which has been good.
0: That's awesome. So, um, your customers are investors, uh, angel investors, institutional venture capitalists, all of the above.
1: Yeah. So it's all the early stage investors in the pre-seed and seed stage primarily, uh, We have mostly angels, uh, a couple of VCs, and then one family office so far. Uh, So yeah, adding people each week. uh, Hopefully, it keeps trending in the right direction.
0: And you're shipping them uh, on a regular basis, uh, like a physical box with like samples of consumer goods created by startups.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is actually our first month shipping them out. So when I launched in March, it was uh, I guess you call it like a beta launch where we were just getting people to sign up, you know, getting the right investors, the right startups on board. Uh, my goal was, you know, two, three months later, start sending out the boxes and flash forward to now, three months later, we're sending out the first box next week.
0: I love it. That's such a fun, that's such a fun idea. I actually think that's a really, a really cool idea. Um, well, so, you know, for, for people who are maybe earlier in their career in, you know, somewhere near where you were when you got that first internship at The Accelerator. People who are interested in startups and maybe want to want to start one, but they're not ready yet. What advice do you have? Like, what's a good way for somebody to get started in their career, kind of immersing themselves in the world of startups um, and, uh, you know, how to, how to sort of get their foot in the door?
1: I mean, the first thing I definitely recommend is just try to do something on your own. Even if it's just a small, simple thing, where, you know, you're. I always thought like it would be fun to buy one of these really nice uh, shop vacs that clean upholstery, and just go over to your friend's house. Hey, I'll come over. Twenty bucks. I'll clean all your, you know, couches. Bam. Just try something out. Just to have some sort of, you know, you start building up that business acumen and phrasing things in a way that, you know, folks in the startup community. Investors, they're used to hearing it in that style. You start going down the rabbit holes of looking up different parts of your business, uh, which then gets you a little closer to getting a job in the startup community, whatever that is. There's so many different organizations that are not venture capital companies that are dealing and working with startups all day, every day. Uh, So when you start, you know I hate to say, when you start talking like them, people just naturally warm up more to you because then they feel like they can relate to you. opens those doors, being persistent, going through the small spots, uh, the smaller organizations that you're able to kind of get in there a little quicker versus kind of going through a few gatekeepers. Um, That's probably the best way to get started. And then once you land there, just continuing to build.
0: Yeah. I love that you said, the first thing that you said was just try doing something, try any kind of business. Um, And and I think, I think that's so true because you know, there's a lot of truth to what you said of like, if you'd speak the language, so to speak, and this is true in any profession or industry. If you speak the language, it's easier for you to make connections, meet people, have opportunities. But there's two different, there's two different ways of speaking the language. One is kind of the person who's like the conference junkie who like studies everything and just memorizes yeah. the language. And the other one is somebody who speaks the language because they've done something before in business. And when they say, you know, Venga customer acquisition uh or you know whatever cash flow they're speaking because even if it was only two customers at 20 bucks a piece they went through the process of trying to do it and and so like learning that language not just from studying it from the outside but from experimenting even if it's on a very small scale i think is a really good um a good distinction and a powerful powerful thing Hey, uh, really, really cool story. Um, where can people find out more about you and First Look and everything that you're working on?
1: Just head over to firstlook.vc and then pretty much everything's there. Story, kind of how I got started. Uh, yeah, that's probably the best spot.
0: I love it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell your story, Brian, and uh, keep up the good work.
1: Cool. Nice answer. Appreciate it.
0: Like what you hear? Go to crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at Isaac at crash.co.